to the Minnesota Hospice Radio Show. My name is Ken Hagland, President of Minnesota Hospice and your host for today's program. I am excited to have my co-host today, Barbara Larson, with me. She is Director of Clinical Services at Minnesota Hospice. Barbara is an RN and also is a certified hospice and palliative nurse. Welcome, Barbara. Thank you, Ken. Glad Welcome. Glad to have you here. We, uh, we've been on a, this is a third show on a series that we've been talking about. Yes. Um, which is, uh, when is it time for hospice? Yes. And then some of the components of that with eligibility, referral, the topic last week, which we will probably continue on a little bit here uh, as review about prognosis versus diagnosis. Yes. And some of the elements of what hospice services are. Um, so real excited to continue this, this conversation. Um, we also want to begin uh, another topic today, which I think we'll all find really exciting, which is called Life's Design, the Birthing In and Birthing Out Cycle of Life. So, Barbara, thank you for being here and sharing your expertise and insights on today's program. You're welcome, Ken. Thank you. Well, we are honored to have the opportunity to continue having weekly conversations about end-of-life care. The purpose of this weekly radio show is to raise awareness of the specialized health care available to people approaching end-of-life and the benefits hospice care can provide to both the patient and their family. We believe hospice is one of the most important specialties of the healthcare continuum, but also one of the most misunderstood, unfamiliar, and confusing healthcare options available to people as they approach end of life. Minnesota Hospice is a medical practice specializing in guiding patients and families at end of life. Our organization was founded by local Minnesota physicians with a mission to create a new standard in end of life care. We believe in the golden rule of treating and serving others as we would like to be treated. This principle drives our commitment to be an advocate for our patients and to provide comprehensive personalized care to both our patients and their families. One of our goals at Minnesota Hospice is to increase the public's awareness of the benefits of hospice by providing information and education for our communities to empower patients and families to make informed decisions regarding their end-of-life health care options. In addition, we are dedicated to providing the highest level of personalized care to our patients, along with emotional and spiritual support for them and their families. Our office is located in Lakeville, Minnesota, and our agency has been serving local communities for 10 years. We currently provide outpatient hospice services in the Twin Cities South Metro area and Southern Minnesota communities. You can reach us at our office by calling 612-930-3339, by email at radio at mnhospice.com, or online at minnesotahospice.com. Well, last week we finished, or we were finishing up our two-part series titled, When is it Time for Hospice? And this week we'll continue to wrap that up here. Well, we started the discussion on that series by first answering the question, well, what is hospice? We shared that hospice care provides medical services, emotional support, and spiritual resources for people who are in the last stages of a serious illness, such as cancer, heart failure, or any other disease where there is a prognosis of a life expectancy of six months or less. The goal is to keep one comfortable and improve their quality of life. Hospice care also helps family members manage the practical details and emotional challenges of caring for a dying loved one. Hospice programs provide services in your home, wherever that may be, at home, assisted living residence, skilled nursing home, or a long-term care facility, or even a hospital. It is a common belief that starting hospice is a last resort measure, or that it means giving up on life or even receiving a lower level of medical care. On the contrary, hospice is a type of care that focuses on the quality of life instead of continuing the treatments to prolong your life. Hospice offers alternatives and provides options to allow one to make decisions about things that are important at this stage of life. Hospice provides palliative care for someone with a life-limiting illness in which a cure is no longer the goal 
This may be due to the patient exhausting all possible options for a cure to their disease or the patient may decide to focus more on their quality of life through symptom management and choose to no longer pursue treatment for their condition. Palliative care is focused on relieving pain or alleviating a symptom or problem without dealing with the underlying cause. Hospice organizations are experts in assisting patients with managing symptoms of chronic illnesses such as pain, nausea, and anxiety, among several others. We explained last week that palliative care can be provided at any time in an illness and at any time during a person's life. However, specialized hospice palliative care is only available to people with a life-limiting disease and a terminal diagnosis of six months or less. So after that conversation, that brought us back to the question, when is it time for hospice? And there are really two components to that. The first one we addressed was on the physician side, and the second part of that was on the, on the patient side. We discussed that the physician deals with the eligibility requirements. Because hospice care is a statutory Medicare benefit, where all of the care provided is 100% paid for, with no cost to the patient or the family, Medicare requires that a physician certify that a patient has a life-limiting illness with a prognosis life expectancy of six months or less, if the disease or condition follows its normal expected progression. The second component is that the patient decides to stop curative treatments for the disease and instead wants to begin symptom management and focus attention on their quality of life, comfort, and end-of-life considerations. Also, the patient can revoke their hospice care for any reason after admission and return to pursue a cure for their condition if, for example, a new treatment becomes available that they may want to explore. The decision is always in the hands of the patient. We also discussed general health guidelines that can be used to help a patient or family determine if the time is approaching to consider hospice. In addition, we talked about the hospice referral process in which anyone can refer a person to hospice for a no-cost, no-obligation consultation. Referrals also are not required to be made only by a healthcare professional. Your family, your neighbor, anybody who is familiar with a patient can make a referral for hospice. And then finally, we discussed what services are provided by hospice. These are medical care with a focus on pain and symptom control, access to a member of your hospice team 24 hours a day, seven days a week, medical supplies and equipment are also included, counseling and social support, social support to help you and your family with psychological, emotional, and spiritual issues, guidance with the difficult but normal issues of life completion and closure, a break, which is called respite care, for caregivers, family, and others who regularly care for you, and volunteer support, counseling and bereavement support for loved ones after the death. So please check out the last two shows on the podcasts when it's time for hospice. Um, and with that, um, Barb, why don't we maybe start to talk a little bit more about some of the things we didn't quite get to last week because of uh, time constraints. Yeah, um, I think what I'll just touch on really briefly here to, to finish this segment right now is just um, who who makes up the hospice team? Just really quickly here. So hospice, and, and it is a team, hospice has a medical director. Um, these medical directors are available to our hospice nurses 24-7. And this is a tremendous benefit to the patient because now it allows our nurses to address a problem before it becomes a crisis. Um so we also have a registered nurse case manager. This registered nurse is your primary nurse managing and monitoring all your symptom management. Um, it, and it's a benefit to always have this dedicated uh, nurse because we know because that nurse then if you have the same nurse, she's so familiar with everything that's going on. Um, and so register a registered nurse case manager 
Um, when I say case manager, I'm saying she's going to coordinate equipment you need, medication changes. Uh, she's going to interact with whatever um, maybe facility that you're in with those caregivers just to make sure that um, we're all on the same page as to what your care needs to look like. Um, we have hospice aides who provide uh, personal hygiene care. Um, we also have then our social worker and our spiritual support. Um, very, very important aspects also. Um, they're experts in hospice care um, on how to provide the emotional and spiritual uh, care for patients and families. So very important that they're a part of this holistic team, this whole treating the whole patient at end of life. And then there's also bereavement support services that families um, will receive for up to 13 months um, for whoever needs it, uh, not necessarily just a primary caregiver, but really for anybody in the family. So, um, you know, it's, it's such a great team. And again, just knowing that this is a team of people that is providing your care and not an individual. We could have a whole show on that, I tell you. Um, well, let's let's get um, up to the break here. You are listening to the Minnesota Hospice Radio Show. Uh, Barbara, thank you very much for that. Uh, when we come back, we'll wrap up some more discussion there before jumping into our topic of today, Life's Design, the Birthing In and Birthing Out Cycle of Life. Chocolat Celeste is a true celebration. This is Colette, and we've created two themed chocolate collections for this year's football playoffs. These chocolates are the world's finest artisan chocolates with distinct, unforgettable flavors that will sweeten your team's victory and soften the sting of defeat. Having a party? Skull! Check out our football-themed chocolates. We're an approved vendor through the NFL Business Connect program. Call 651-644-3823 or visit ChocolateCeleste.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Scott Shambot from Shambot Family Dentistry. We're the fear-free, get-you-out-of-pain-now dental office. We always offer a free exam and x-rays for new patients because we believe you shouldn't have to pay to find out what's wrong with your teeth. Call today. We're open early and late and Saturdays to fit your schedule. As my daughter Rachel says, If you don't see my dad, please see another dentist. Take care of your teeth because they're the only ones you get. Call 1-800-FIX-MY-TEETH or visit fixmyteeth.us. Atheists Talk is the radio show for free-thinking Minnesotans. Listen on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock. Every Sunday we bring you science, philosophy, politics, and plain old fun from an atheist point of view. Visit our website at minnesotaatheists.org for more details. Tune in to Atheists Talk Radio Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock on KTNF AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's good radio without the good book. Downtowner Woodfire Grill in St. Paul is a perfect choice for breakfast, lunch, and dinner seven days a week. Offering daily fresh seafood specials, fire-roasted meats, exquisite pizza, and half-priced bottles of wine on Mondays and Tuesdays, except on Excel Energy Center event nights. Once you experience their cozy fireside dining, extensive wine list, and bar, you'll be back for more. Gift certificates available, located at 253 West 7th Street with plenty of free parking, or online at downtownerwoodfire.com. Crazy about pets? We are too. The Pet Connection Show is a great venue for fun, informative, and creative conversations about pets. Join myself, Kathy Menard, and Dr. Nicole Parole, along with guests who are leaders in the dynamic and growing pet industry, as we discuss healthcare, relationships, behaviors, and even political issues as they relate to our pets. So come, sit, stay for the Pet Connection Show, Sundays 11 a.m. to noon on AM 950 Radio, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Seward Co-op, serving the community for nearly 45 years, invites you to shop their two convenient locations, both offering the strong commitment to local producers and healthy foods you've come to expect. Seward focuses on locally grown and raised products, fair trade, and environmental sustainability. Shop their selection of meats, artisan cheeses, and house-made baked goods. Find Seward at 2823 East Franklin Avenue or the Friendship Store on 38th Street and 3rd Avenue in Minneapolis. More at seward.coo. Soon we'll be 30 years old Our songs have been sold We've traveled around the world And we're still roaming Soon we'll be 30 years old Welcome back 
You are listening to the Minnesota Hospice Radio Show. My name is Ken Hagland, and I am joined today by Barbara Larson, Director of Clinical Services at Minnesota Hospice. She is a registered nurse and is also a certified hospice and palliative nurse. Last segment, uh, we were talking a lot about um, the eligibility and recapping the hospice services that are provided. And uh, at the end there, you were going through the various uh, positions and roles of the uh, staff that surrounds the patient and family. And uh, you mentioned about the emotional and psychological and spiritual element. And I I know we're thinking about having a show or shows just on that. Yes. Our, our team is currently conducting a five-part series in, uh, in Savage um, on uh, the spiritual pain that goes on with end of life. Yeah. So um, uh, there's a lot more to those subjects than we talked about. Um, so now I'd like to um, you know, shift gears and uh, start addressing the topic that we have today, which is called Life's Design, the Birthing In and Birthing Out cycle of life. And I know, Barbara, you're really excited to talk about that. I am very excited <laughs> to talk about this. And um, I, what I'm going to present today, too, I, I'm just really hoping that this will uh, give, give folks something that they do understand and compare the death. It's um, what the dying process looks like. I know when we're trying to walk in somebody else's shoes or have empathy for what someone is going through, it's always easier if we could relate it sometimes to something we've experienced. Um, and so the topic today, life's design and the birthing in and birthing out, the intention of this is to get our listeners to see dying as a process, just like birthing is. And, you know, just as a woman's body goes through a nine-month process, um, and there's a word for that. We call it gestation. There's a gestational period that she processed that she goes through. And during this gestation, her body, both physically and emotionally, are, are preparing for birth. What I want to do today is be able to show our listeners the similarity between the process birthing out and the process for birthing out I'm calling dying that is the process dying is living it's a process and we're still living while we're going through a dying process so you know death is the event that's where the heart stops beating and we stop breathing but the process to get us there is called dying just like the process to birth a sin is, oh, we've termed it a pregnancy, but it's a gestational period. And it's a true biological things that are happening, physiological changes that are happening in the body that are preparing for the birthing in. So what, what I want to really start to present today is just to give our listeners an idea of what those similarities are. And some of them might be really shocked and might have some aha moments like, you know, that really makes sense. But I look at the dying process, and just from my 13 years of being in hospice, and I've seen this process over and over and over again. And it has just made me a true believer that this is a process. I see the same kinds of symptoms happening in people, very common, which show me and tell me that it really is a process. Everyone's body is really going through these things. So I thought I'd start first by just even talking about what it's like for the birthing in process. So just what are those things, are those physical changes that we see? And I want our listeners to think about this while I'm, I'm talking about the birthing in. And I want you to ask, if I asked you the question, how, how would you be able to tell if a woman was pregnant? How would we be able to know that? Well, honestly, there is no way to know until she starts to actually show physical signs of the pregnancy. So for a woman, 
you know, obviously we start to see the baby bump. We start to see or we call it, you know, oh, she's starting to show. And, and that's the first physical sign, that an outward physical manifestation of the process that's going on in her body. But my question is, just because we didn't see that baby bump for four months or maybe five months, did that mean she wasn't pregnant because we didn't see it? No. Oh. <laughs> we, so the process was going on. It was just hidden. Um, we couldn't see the outward physical manifestation yet, but the process was going on. Mm-hmm. So I just want our listeners to just keep that in the back of their mind. A process was going on, even though we couldn't outwardly see it. So, um, it, you know, birthing in is a natural process, and so is, that's why we call this show Life's Design. You know, and the life cycle, the birthing in and birthing out of the life cycle, because they're both natural processes. Um, we're all going to die, Ken. That's a guarantee. Mm-hmm. We, have, we all, all have that in common. We all have that in common, <laughs> no matter the color of our skin or mm-hmm. our faith, belief, or anything. Mm-hmm. We are all going to leave. Um, our physical bodies are going to be no more. But we are going to go through a process to get there. So I would love our listeners to just start thinking of, um, you know, dying is a natural process, just like coming into the world and that birthing is. So I wanted to just start to review and just talk a little bit now in the birthing in process. So what are some of the physical things that we see Um, or that the woman starts to experience and feel the intuitive things that she just feels inside her that not even necessarily someone can can see the emotional things going on um so there's lots of adjustments in body systems just think about it eating changes she's trying to sustain a new life so eating increases um, women eat more um, they have bowel changes there's oftentimes nausea you know that morning sickness sometimes can go along mm-hmm. some people have it some people don't um Moods can change. There's this these mood swings up and down. Sleeping can change. Um, socialization interests might even change. They might not really want to be as social as they used kind to be. A nesting takes over. Yeah, sometimes. kind of a little yeah. bit of a nesting process too. Um, and then always spiritual considerations too. Oh, yeah. Of course, we're we're talking about baptisms, possibly, mm-hmm. or um, you know, depending on your faith, mm-hmm. whatever cultural ritual that you do when there's a birth um so just just think about that all of these things are going on behind the scenes that you and i as the casual observer are not even really always seen but the person going through the process knows that's what's going on um so there's just this intuitive natural sense that guides the preparation so um we could, we'll come back to this here in just a minute, but let's do that. Yeah, okay. I know this is great, and I, I've seen this presentation before, and it's just it's wonderful. So let's let's take a break here. You are listening to the Minnesota Hospice Radio Show. We'll be right back to continue our discussion on life design, birthing in and birthing out. With all the convenient big box stores that sell appliances, why do so many Minnesotans choose Warner Stellion? Check online to learn that Warner Stellion is a Minnesota family-owned business for over 60 years. Warner Stellion sells more brands than anyone else, and our passionate specialists are committed to impressing you so much that you'll refer us to everyone you know. That's our mission here at Warner Stellion. Ask around, check us out online, and when it's your time to buy appliances, join over 300,000 Minnesota homeowners and choose the specialists, Warner Stellion. Connections Radio Show is all about tapping into our hardwired hunger to connect. We examine meaningful connections to ourselves, our community, and the world around us by opening the door to innovative insights by a wide variety of interesting guests. We'll make the connections to something bigger than ourselves. 
Join me, Lori Fitz, your host of Connections Radio Show. And together, we'll make the connections. Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. A coalition of Minnesota advocacy and activist groups have united to commemorate the anniversary of the 2017 Women's March with a one-day conference for experienced and newly motivated activists to turn outrage into action for ongoing grassroots efforts in the work for social justice. The Min by Min 2018 Beyond Resistance Conference will be held January 28th at Harding High School in St. Paul. The conference centers around three themes, community building, effective activism skills, and understanding the issues. Dr. Rose Brewer, professor of African-American and African Studies, Studies at the University of Minnesota will present the keynote entitled Forging Revolutionary Change in an Era of Right-Wing Reaction. Other planned sessions include presentations bridging the red-blue divide from Better Angels Minnesota, women of color leaders in the social justice movement from Take Action Minnesota, caucus training, and much more. So turn your resistance into action at the Min by Min 2018 Beyond Resistance Conference. Again, that's January 28th at Harding High School in St. Paul. The full schedule and registration is available at minbymin.org. That's mnxmn.org. Tune in for Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. Coming up, fractured identities. As Whitman said, each one of us contains multitudes. But some elements of the multitude conflict with each other. When they come into conflict, should we try to pick one or try to harmonize them all? And is that even up to us or does society have a say? Fractured identities. Next time on Philosophy Talk. Catch Philosophy Talk every Sunday at 8 a.m. and again at 5 p.m. on AM 950. The fine folks at Common Good Books will help you find the perfect book for you or the book lover in your life. Find a huge selection from a locally owned and independent bookseller in the Twin Cities. They are always bringing in top authors from around the globe for special in-store events. Open Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Sundays, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Find Common Good Books at 38 South Snelling Avenue in St. Paul or shop online at commongoodbooks.com. With your AM950 weather, this is Eric Nelson. Today we'll see highs near 39. Tonight, a 20% chance of snow with lows around 27. Sunday, a 20% chance of snow with highs near 36. And at night, getting down to around 28. Monday has a high of 30 and a low of 14. AM950 is brought to you by Origins Eye Clinic. Origins Eye Clinic is a welcoming clinic that is locally owned and independent. Treating everything from routine care to emergency eye care. Doctors will spend plenty of time explaining and answering any of your questions. Located at off 66th and Lindale. Check out OriginsEyeClinic.com. Once I was seven years old, my mama told me, go make yourself some friends or you'll be lonely. Once I was seven years old. Welcome back. You are listening to the Minnesota Hospice Radio Show. My name is Ken Hagland, and I am joined today by Barbara Larson, Director of Clinical Services at Minnesota Hospice. She is a registered nurse and also a certified hospice and palliative nurse. Well, last segment just blew by um, as you were talking about life's design, the birthing in and birthing out cycle of life. And you just really started getting into the analogy of the birthing in process Mm -hmm. and how that actually is similar and analogous to the birthing out process. Yeah. So why don't I have you continue to to go through that birthing in process? You know, so where we left off too, we uh, I had been talking about adjustments in body systems that are a part of this birthing in process. That um, during this process, the the eating, the bowels, nausea, mood, um, sleep. Um, but you know, there's another aspect of this too, and that is the the feeling of wanting to prepare. The of of the mother wanting to prepare. Mm-hmm. So there's more family gatherings, there's baby showers. Um, there's conversations about preparing for the baby, for this arrival of nurseries. I mean, there's just a, a, a gamut of different things that get talked about in conversations that start to happen to prepare for the birthing in. And then even towards the final stage of that, it's kind of this nesting. We call it, you know, this nesting that you'll see women sometimes want to frantically clean houses or just make sure everything is just right. But just that nesting into what's about to happen, um, that intuitive natural sense again, you know, that just is guiding this whole preparation. So I thought now to finish up on birthing in, I wanted to talk about, so what's the final event look like for birthing in? So we have a labor phase. We are laboring into this world. Um, The mother is laboring in. 
a new life. Um, so there's a, prepa- a preparational phase that goes along with this laboring in. Um, there's lamas. There's all sorts of ways to help this person relax, the mothers relax, to make this process easier for her and obviously easier for uh, less stressful for the unborn child. Um, then they go into this a little more transitional phase as labor, this labor starts to progress and birthing gets closer. There becomes this transitional phase where, you know, their body is getting very close now. And if anyone's listening who's had a child has probably even heard that word used in a labor and de- de- uh, delivery room, excuse me, that you're transitioning. Right. You're, you're transitioning. Right. Um, so there's the transitional phase. Then you're really in the active phase of birthing. You're, this, is, this is where everyone is there going, okay, you know, I can see the baby's head, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but you're actually in the active phase to, to end this process now. And the light is at the end of the tunnel. You know that birth is going to be imminent very soon. And then, obviously, the last phase is the actual delivery, the actual birth. And when we are in this stage of our, of our birthing process, we don't do it by ourselves. We always seek out experts to help us with this and to help us with the preparation and to make sure we're all that the mother is staying healthy through all of this. But So we call experts. We call... We have a... OBGYN team, you know, um, some women seek out midwives or um, a doula, doula, you know, to assist them with that. But again, coaches to help get you through what you're going to go through emotionally um, and spiritually Mm -hmm. as you go through this process. So now with that being said, I don't want to take up too much more time on birthing in because I really want to start looking at the birthing out now. So I already said uh, that that process, that is what we can call dying. That is the process. And there's physical changes we can see, and there's a lot of physical changes that we can't see during this process. Um, There's also emotional changes going on that sometimes we can see, sometimes we can't. But again, there's this intuitive, natural sense that's going on with the person who is... um, and in this process, that's preparing them. And, you know, the, the nice part with having the hospice experts with you is that we're kind of like your midwife or your doula at birth um, for the patient as well as for the family to um, help with the emotional and spiritual preparation for what's about to happen because there is preparation that needs to happen at end of life as well as uh, when we're birthing out as well as when we're birthing in. So, you know, I asked everybody before, you know, when do you know when a woman's pregnant? Well, when she starts to show physical signs um, and we start to see that baby bump. And then without even asking her, we know, oh, there's a process going on there. Um. There's a process with with the dying process, too. But again, my question is, just because we can't see physical manifestations of it yet, does that mean the process hasn't started? And so I want to cover some things just like we did with the woman who's got a, a gestational process going on, what the dying process looks like. And here you look at the similarities again. There's an adjustment in body systems. Obviously, birthing in, we are talking about supporting life. Um, Birthing out, we're no longer supporting life anymore. So the body is now adjusting those body systems. Eating becomes less. We are not eating to stay alive anymore. We don't have, we don't need the caloric intake. our digestional uh, digestion and uh, bowel functions start to change, and actually, eating lots of food can sometimes be um, a negative thing. 
for someone in this process, increasing constipation, increasing um, indigestion and nausea um, because they're eating when they probably shouldn't. And I'm going to take just a little sidebar off of this I, eating thing, just I a think little you bit, should. Ken. Yeah. Um, because one thing at end of life that so many families feel like is going to happen, and they feel a lot of guilt over it. Mm-hmm. And I hear this a lot that, so are we just going to let them starve to death then if we don't feed them? Right. My answer to any of you who have anyone that may be in this process. They're not starving to death. Their disease is going to cause their death. The fact that they're not eating is because of the process that's going on. Mm-hmm. And their their body is telling them, I don't need this anymore. I don't want it anymore. Um, and so my encouragement is to the, to the listeners is l- look for those cues. You know, be cognizant of that and, and watch for that. And... Um, the, the dying person will eat for their family, even oh, when they don't want to. You've mentioned that several times. Yeah. Because we, we equate food and love through yeah. our entire life. I mean, from the time of birth, we feed to, to show love and to nurture a child. Right. And so we, we have a hard time letting that natural process reverse itself at the end of life. And, and, and watch TV for one night and see how many food commercials come on. I mean, our society is just so, everything's about food and eating. We want to get so much comfort from eating. And, yeah. and I can really understand from a caregiver standpoint that that's one way you can show love to yeah. the dying person. Um, but just know that at some point, they're really not going to want to eat. They're not going to want to drink. Dehydration is part of the dying process that that's going to be a natural part of it that they're not going to drink so there is going to be dehydration but that's a good thing because as those electrolytes um, start to get out of balance now because we are not well hydrated um, we get sleepier and we go to sleep Mm. and it, it can just cause more sleep and that's a good thing and that's part of the design of this process to just put someone in a comfortable sleeping place. So again, to get myself back on track, you know, these adjustments in body systems, you have moods that change. Um, We see this particularly when a dementia person is at end of life. That um, because they've already got degenerative things going on in their brain so the process for them can be a little bit more disconnected as they're going through their natural process um, and causing them a little bit sometimes an increased level of anxiety or agitation Um, but sleep changes occur socialization you'll see um, someone in a dying process that they just their world is getting smaller now they really just want their family they don't they're not interested in going out and doing all the the bingo every tuesday night they're losing interest in those things because they just those aren't important to them anymore they want to save their energy for the things that are important to them you know spending time with their loved ones um and then there's the spiritual considerations which is um why at some point here uh, soon we're also going to do a show mm-hmm. on the spiritual side of dying and spiritual pain because there mm-hmm. is spiritual pain involved with that and the spiritual pain can affect the physical pain. Right. Okay. And so it's um, it's always important to have that addressed because we're spiritual beings. Um, we have a physical body, but we're a spirit. We're spiritual beings, and there's a process that that goes through. Um, also, so let's look at the final event for that process. Um, you labor out, um, just like the woman laboring in. Some women have very easy labors, very short labors. Same with the laboring out process and the dying. Sometimes that can be very short. Sometimes that can be very long. Sometimes it can be very easy, and sometimes it can be very um, disturbing or painful to the resident or the patient. Mm-hmm. But there's the labor out phase. There's the preparation again. Same thing. The preparation, the the body, the adjustments in the body systems. 
all of these things are preparing for the end of the end of life for mm-hmm. the death. Um, there's a transitional phase, and we use this term in hospice also, when we have a patient on hospice, and um, you know families are always asking, well, they want us to give them an answer. How long is this going to take? You know, right. how long will this process take? Right. It's hard because that process, like we say, laboring in can be longer or shorter. It's a very individual journey for everyone that's dying. But there does come a point where we can, as hospice experts, start to say, well, we, we feel they're transitioning now. So they should be going into a more active phase of the process soon. Um, of course, then they get into the active phase. Right. And then there's the delivery or the death. Mm-hmm. So, when you set these side by side, and all the things that I just talked about, it's just an identical, a mirror image. At the top of one page, you can say birthing out, and the other side birthing in. Thank you, Barbara. You are listening to the Minnesota Hospice Radio Show. We'll be right back after this break. What could be more Russian than Matryoshka, the nesting doll? I welcome you to see one of the largest collection of Matryoshka in the world, now on display at the Museum of Russian Art. A stunning range of sizes, types, and areas are represented, showing how this iconic souvenir has evolved over the last 120 years. Our thanks to Target for sponsoring this extraordinary exhibition, Open Daily. Find out about all our exhibitions and events at tmora.org. That is tmora.org. Robert Burrill here, looking to add some comedy to your Saturday nights? Tune in to Laughing Matters right here on AM 950 at 7 p.m. to join myself along with the funniest comedians in the Twin Cities for an hour of topical social commentary and blatant self-promotion. Laughing Matters is brought to you by Stand Up Records, the recording label of the best comedians in the country, from Doug Stanhope to Hannibal Burris. Visit them online at www.standupcraft.com. Supporting the best local and independently owned restaurants in the Twin Cities has never been easier. You'll find an expansive list of local dining options at eatlocalminnesota.com. Love the Scandinavian feel of Ingebretsen's on East Lake Street? Then you need to check out also Ingebretsen's Coffee Bar in Norway House on Franklin Avenue. Their menu includes Nordic waffles, Lefse dogs, and Scandinavian pastries and cookies, which pair well with their Viking Viking coffee and Spring Grove sodas. Also, Ingebretsen's Coffee Bar is located at 913 Franklin Avenue and online at ingebretsens.com. With breathtaking views of the Mississippi River, the Nicollet Island Inn features the comfort of the countryside right in the heart of Minneapolis. Perfect for weddings, seminars, or a romantic night out, the tasteful merger of classic decor with modern amenities will make your next event unforgettable. Call 612-331-1800 or visit nicolletislandinn.com. Guess who called me the other day? You did. Hi, Mark Sommerfeld of Computer Revolution in Roseville. I want to thank AM950 listeners who called to thank us for supporting the station. So here's an offer exclusive to 950 listeners. Bring your broken computer or cell phone to our Roseville store, say I'm an AM950 listener, and you'll receive $20 off any repair. Computer Revolution with cell phone repair, located in Roseville at Highway 36 and Fairview Avenue, or call 651-633-6600. And thanks. Hello, this is Ellen Krug with Hidden Edges Radio on Sundays from 1 to 2 p.m. Join me this Sunday for an interview with James Lackett from Interact Center, who will talk about this remarkable theater company that mainly employs actors with disabilities. We'll all learn that having a disability isn't a bar to acting, and in fact, might very well be an asset. As I like to say, it's all about inclusivity. Hidden Edges Radio, challenging, passionate, perspective-changing on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Soon we'll be 30 years old Our songs have been sold We've traveled around the world And we're still roaming Soon we'll be 30 years old Welcome back. You are listening to the Minnesota Hospice Radio Show. My name is Ken Hagland, and I am joined today by Barbara Larson, Director of Clinical Services at Minnesota Hospice. She is a registered nurse and is also a certified hospice and palliative nurse. While the last two segments have just blown by here so fast on your conversation about the uh, life's design, yeah. the birthing in and birthing out cycle of life, and how 
how there's such parallels yeah. there. And very much. I, you know, yeah. and I think the other thing is that I've realized uh, in listening to you and other presentations you've made is we spend so much time on the birthing in process. I mean, the teams and the information, and it seems like that's just, uh, it, it's, people are very educated about that, about that mystery of life, which, which is the conception and birth. But on the other hand, there's the mystery of death. And, yeah. and we, we as a society don't necessarily spend that same amount of time yeah. or get the experts and, and help guide people Right. Both the patient and the family, and and so in this last segment, I'd like to maybe continue that conversation yeah. about those parallels between the two. You know, birthing in is so joyful. Yes. So we're no problem having discussions and preparing for that. But you know, I mentioned the preparation for the the dying, the birthing out process. I thought I might just mention a little, too, what does that preparation look like for right. someone or their family? And I think what we really need to focus on in preparation for that process, the dying, the birthing out process, is advanced directives. You know, having the discussions with your family um, about how you want your care to look at the, your end of life because I will tell our listeners now just like a pregnant woman sometimes even knows she's pregnant before she has if, has even missed a menstrual cycle right she can already intuitively feel there is something going on in her body the person with a dying process going on has an intuitive feeling and they know that something is different and they want to have those conversations. Um, oftentimes they're reluctant to, though, because they feel like their children or their loved ones right. are going to feel like they're giving up yeah. or, or things. Um, you know, that's for another show. We can talk more about that, too. But that's kind of the preparation that mm -hmm. needs to happen during that birthing out process. Wait. It's like, what do, what do we want that to look like? Just like the... The pregnant woman will decide, okay, I want to have a water birth. I mean, mm -hmm. she's she's choosing ahead of time what she wants that to look like. Mm -hmm. And and when we when we are all gonna die, so we all at some point should be having conversations with our loved ones as to what we want that to look like for us. Um, and then I also wanted to mention too, just that last parallel that just as a pregnant woman is going to have an expert care team caring for her. Uh, hospice is the expert care team that will come in um, for the dying, for the birthing out process. And again, you know, we are kind of the hospice midwives. Right. We help with the spiritual, we help with the emotional, we help with the physical, both for the patient and the family. Mm -hmm. So if you want an expert with you for the birthing in process, why would we not want to give the gift of a care team that's going to be there with you for the birthing out process. It, it makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought I just would ask this question and address another, just an interesting question that I hear a lot. Like, so when does dying start? Mm -hmm. When does it start? Right. I, and I'm not going to get into any big philosophical discussions <laughs> here, but um, it, it's very... We can, medical science can determine when a woman is pregnant, and we can almost calculate to the day, oh, almost the almost when we think that that what that conception started, right? Yeah, that 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 birthing process now, that that gestational process is going to start. Mm -hmm. So science has gotten very good at that, but we are still so stumped and mystified as to when a dying process starts. Um, the great creator still has medical science stumped on when it starts. <laughs> but there is a process for that, too. And for those of us who have worked in hospice uh, and have a lot of experience, um, I can say from my experience that over and over again, there are very common, just like we talked about these adjustments in body systems, mm -hmm. there is a very common thread in those body systems as to kind of when do you start seeing those things occur? Is it two weeks before 
their end of life? Is it two months? When does it start? And this is where hospice experts can be so valuable in helping in the preparation um, because we see these things. And so we've really, it's not an accurate 100%, but but hospice experts really have gotten very um, honed in and very keyed in to what these symptoms are that we start to see because we see them all start to happen about the same time. It can vary a little bit from patient to patient. But so when someone asks me that, um, I always answer them with, well, I mean, just because you can't start in a birthing process, you really start to see those things four to six months. That's when we think she starts to show. Mm -hmm. um, a hospice professional could probably, um, again, I'm going to use the four to six months or three to six months, mm -hmm. that these things are already starting to happen. Um, but the final thing I kind of wanted to leave people um, with this thought, and that is that, you know, if the birthing in process is a process that has nine months to work through all of these preparational stages, why wouldn't the birthing out process have a similar process? Mm -hmm. why, why would that be different? Why would we think as human beings that our bodies would not have to go through a preparation for that too? Or that emotionally or spiritually, we would not have preparation to do for that. Um, I just think um, it's the science of our bodies that it's a natural thing. Mm -hmm. um, and so doing shows like this, Ken, and being able to give these analogies to our audience, I, I hope just gives them a different viewpoint on, first of all, that don't be afraid of dying. Um, and death and dying are not the same, That's but right. don't be afraid of it. It's a natural process, and there are experts to help you walk through that process and that journey with you. Same with families. So, well, Barbara, thank you so much for this uh, this show today. Um, we are. I hope we've we've shed a little bit of light on some of the mysteries of the birthing and birthing out process. Well, we are going to wrap it up today. Um, that concludes our show. Barbara, thank you for being here, uh, helping us on understanding life's design, the birthing in and birthing out cycle. Um, if you guys have any questions out in the audience, please feel free to contact us at 612-930-3339 or email us at radio at mnhospice.com. We want to thank you for your time today and look forward to talking to you next week. Every